business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches, and there is a scoreboard. Welcome to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, The Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business. Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to The Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining us. The show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business today. No need to wait. Go ahead and get it started. Welcome to the business locker room. Whether you're a sales manager, uh, a sales representative, a business owner, executive entrepreneur, you name it, if it's in business, or maybe you just have an interest in marketing or social media or business strategy, this is a place for you. Lots of fantastic conversations compelling conversations, useful content, things that you can use to improve your business today. Find us on the the internet at bizlockerroom.com. Fantastic show up for you today. A lot of good things happening. Miles Austin will join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about a brand new tool that I think you're going to find helpful, as so many of those tools are. Miles does a great job of vetting what's out there, and there is a huge universe of online tools available, and he brings the best of the best to us. And we'll be talking about one of those today. And my special guest today, what a world-class show we've got lined up for you today, titled Getting Heard in the Jungle. It's uh, because of the guest that I have. He has written a best-selling book called Roar, Getting Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. And I first ran across uh, Kevin Dom some time ago when I read uh, an article that he wrote for Inc. called The Five Things That Super Lucky People Do. We're going to have that conversation, talk a little bit about his book as well. Kevin, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. You know, before we start, I've got something that I want to read to you and see if you recognize. It's kind of interesting. uh, Something I ran across on the internet today. I started my first company when I was 25. I was a reluctant entrepreneur. My sales abilities outgrew three companies. And I couldn't seem to manage the politics necessary to get where I wanted to go at the speed I wanted to get there. So I took a deep breath, opened a company in 1989, and never looked back. But in my journey of building four businesses and making the Inc. 500 list, I often found I saw the world differently than many in my circle. Does that sound familiar? What what kind of fool would write something like that, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this from an article that Kevin wrote called Six Things That Entrepreneurs Wish Family, Friends, and Employees Understood. Kevin, you've got a tremendous background uh, on top of writing two bestsellers for Amazon, Video Marketing for Dummies, and, and the other book that I mentioned, Roar, Get Heard in the Sales that, and Marketing Jungle. Yeah, it's actually it's actually four, but that's okay. But, Is uh, it four? Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought I did. I thought I did my homework. Tell me about the other two. Yeah, the other two are. I actually started in the in the real estate finance business, uh, financing custom homes. So I wrote "Building Your Own Home for Dummies," and then uh, and then wrote a book called um, "Green Fence for the Home," uh, uh, rating fifty green home projects. And uh, all four of those books did did well on Amazon, and um, uh, I'm pretty proud of them. But the last two in marketing have definitely been the last uh, the focus of my work for the last. No, I don't know, probably eight years now, seven years now. Yeah, 
A couple of fantastic books. Uh, what people may not know, unless they've they've looked online, is that uh, you're an entrepreneur with more than a billion dollars in sales and marketing track record, and uh, you you use humor in the things that you do. You're also an executive producer for a successful show there in New York City. Tell tell me a little bit about your early career. What what prompted you to become an entrepreneur? I mean, it sounds like you were compelled to be one from the beginning, but how did you get this started? No, you know, it's funny. I I, I was a theater graduate. I, I um, got a degree in theater from a little place in Northern California called Humboldt State University and uh, had a lot of productions under my belt. And um, I uh, had, uh, had had acted, directed, produced. Um, and, uh, you know, and then like all good theater majors, I had to go get a real job. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, my, uh, my folks had been in real estate. I headed into that world and, and, um, but you know, it's a funny thing. I, and I've, and I've written quite a bit about this topic as well. Um, you know, you wouldn't believe it, but, but in my, in my travels and spending time with entrepreneurs, I've found that less than 5% of entrepreneurs have backgrounds in business, but really more than a third of them usually have some sort of background in the arts. And it really has to do with the not the the creative aspect or the ethereal aspect or even the performance aspect of the arts. It has more to do with the the, the disciplined project management that they teach uh, in the schools. When whether you're in orchestra or whether you're in theater or whether you're in dance production, um, you know everybody learns their role. They learn big picture thinking. They learn total accountability. And those skills are unbelievably adaptive to being an entrepreneur and building a business. And Kevin, uh, I've seen it time and time again. Kevin Dom joining us here in the business locker room. I, I find that to be fascinating. Uh, you know, you never make that connection, but clearly uh, those of you who come out of that background, there is a lot of process orientation. Certainly we try to implement that in business. I do a lot of work on the sales side as well. Sales process is everything in terms of training and implementation and assessment and improvement and all of those things. I never really, I never really put those two things together. Yeah, and, and, and it's a shame because, I mean, while I think all this focus on, on STEM is, uh, you know, is important, the sciences and the math, but if you don't know how to integrate those tools and create practical outcomes from it, uh, all that science and uh, and math really just is science and math for its own sake. Um, and uh, it's it's really the people who could take uh, disparate parts and put them together in a way that actually impact people's lives and, and touch them emotionally. That's that's really where the power of entrepreneurship is, I believe. Yeah, no question. You know, you are a prolific writer, and I've looked over uh, just a scad of your articles on Inc., but the one that uh, caught my attention, two of them that I was really interested in, I can see why. One got 19,000-plus shares. That's the one we want to talk a little bit about later, Five Things Super Lucky People Do, and that's where I was first introduced to your work. The other one is is the one that I introduced you with, Six Things Entrepreneurs Wish Family, Friends, and Employees Understood, over 18,000 shares there. You make an interesting uh, statement to start that out. One of those six things is you say entrepreneurs are benevolent narcissists. What, what do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> Well, I, you know, so so I think that um, you know that the, some entrepreneurs like to paint themselves as as philanthropists, and I, I certainly don't think that's true. Um, you know, many of us have sat there and watched entrepreneurs who we who we think have narcissistic tendencies. But here's really what it's about: the, the narcissistic side of an entrepreneur is that 
they have a vision and they see it clearly and there's pretty much nothing you can do to get them off that vision for good or for bad. In fact, it'd be good if they, if they had as much passion about a business model as they do about their vision most of the time. But, but, but really the thing that the, the benevolent side is that, um, while they, you know, while they look to their vision and make their vision happen, entrepreneurs do not like to do it alone or for themselves. They really mm. uh, get, you know, get their, their joy out of bringing along people for the ride. They, it's not that they're trying to be, um, it's not a vanity play. It's not that they want to be considered the greatest people in the world. They love to do beneficial things for, for people. They love to build wealth. Um, they love to bring products and services that they think will better the world. That's the benevolent side. And, wow. uh, and I think that, you know, if they don't, if, if they don't be honest with themselves, if they're not honest with themselves about who they are and, and their narcissistic tendencies, then they'll fail themselves in trying to connect with the rest of the world. By the same token, if people, you know, people who don't understand the benevolence that they bring, um, they'll never get the joy and the, and, and the opportunity to, to, to become close to these people that are, that are trying to make improvement. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, know, you balance that against one of the other things you say is that entrepreneurs feel angst about time simply because they're, they're worried about bringing something to the market as quickly as they possibly can. And, and your tip is that you say give entrepreneurs the benefit of the doubt when expecting niceties. So, I mean, it, it's kind of that thing where you, you, you kind of paint entrepreneurs as this sort of uh, roiling mass of, uh, you know, creativity that, that has to balance it against a limited amount of time. And I, I guess what you're saying is many times they come off quite differently than other kinds of people, but it's, it's not for bad reasons. It's just that their, their brain is highly engaged. Yeah, I think that, um, well, you know, I'm going to be 50 this year, so the issue of how much time is left is always at the forefront of my head. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but I, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, with entrepreneurs, whether it's the, the concerns about getting something to market before everybody else does, although, you know, research proves out that first mover isn't necessarily the, the, the mark of winning. But, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're competing. Some of the, the things that they're trying to take on are incredibly ambitious um, in order to to change the world and time you know progress moves quickly and they're trying to get things done and make things happen certainly before other people do but also be before the the, the models change you know it's interesting a friend of mine sent me a uh, sent me a, a, an email yesterday and uh, it was a radio shack uh, circular from 1991 and so it had a bunch of products advertised on the front of it. And the, the fascinating thing, so, you know, it's, what, 20, 24, 23 years ago. Sure. He mm-hmm. said, he put a caption with it that said, um, there's nothing on here that can't be done with a single smartphone today. Wow. <laughs> well, you and I both had the benefit of being south of 50, so or you're pretty close. So, you know, I can remember growing up without any of the toys that we have today. I mentioned you're a very prolific writer. Do you do you have a process for writing as as well? I mean, clearly you're process driven in in a number of other areas. So do you have a process for writing and, and developing content? Well, the, the 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 fun of that is is. Becoming a prolific writer, I think, had something to do with with my youth, where my mother said I was a prolific talker. Um, so, <laughs> I think I think the key in my head is I, I'm a prolific content creator. Is really where I am. Writing is one outlet channel for that. Um, sure. I do I do have a process. I write three columns a week. Um, one of them is a, a roundtable column where I solicit from some other ink columnists. That one goes on Wednesday. 
Um, I, I, well, the way that I work, I have, uh, I have an assistant who I work with and, and we banter ideas about. Um, I'll send her on the path uh, to do a little research. She'll come back and, and, uh, and then I'll take the, the research that she's done, put in my own feelings. Sometimes some columns I'll just come straight out of my head. Um, and, uh, and then it goes together. But, you know, it's funny, when I started writing for Inc. two years ago now, um, it used to take me five, six hours to really formulate a column and get it together and get it just right and polished. I'm now at the place now where uh, I can get it done in about an hour of clear time. Sorry, wow. I'm, at, uh, I'm, I'm standing in the middle of Fordham University in New York, so the, the, the clock pounding that... Uh, is the quarter hour. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Well, hey, we're going to take a short time out. And when we come back with uh, Kevin Dom, we're going to talk about uh, an article that I was just absolutely taken with, the five things that super lucky people do. You want to make sure you check out Kevin's work. Uh, he, you can follow him on Twitter at AwesomeRoar, and you want to look for him. Uh, the way I found all of his articles is just Google Kevin Dom, D-A-U-M, and Inc., and you'll find everything that he's got out there. But uh, just a fantastic writer, a lot of good stuff. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll hear more from Kevin Dom. You're listening to The Business Locker Room. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Kelly Riggs, I'm joined by Kevin Dom. Great to have him on board. And as I mentioned before the break, we come back to talk about the the five things that super lucky people do. 19,500 shares off of Inc.'s online site. And I I was actually, I, I wondered how I would answer that. If I thought there were five things that super lucky people do, I wondered what I would write. So let me share those quickly with the audience, Kevin, and then let's talk about it a little bit. Number one, you talk about play to your strengths and then prepare in advance. Number three, start early. And you mentioned you were writing that column at three in the morning. We've, we've got to talk about that. Clearly, you've got issues. Um, connect, <laughs> connect with as many people as possible. Follow up is number five. Uh, I, where did you develop the idea behind that column and where do those five pieces come from? 
Um, you, you know, the, that column came because St. Patrick's Day was upon us, and uh, so I thought, well, you know, I, I mean, I've got a. I, I actually don't use the word lucky in in my life. Uh, I've I've had very good things happen to me. I've had my trials and tribulations, but you know, these days my life is in a very good place. And honestly, I refer to it uh, not as lucky, but as as blessed. Sure. Um, but I'm a big fan of Jim Collins, and I think uh, he, you know, in his recent book, Great by Choice, he talks a lot about luck, and he talks about that there's good luck and bad luck, and that the amount of good luck and the bad luck that you get is generally um, fairly weighted even. Um, it really, it's about what do you do with the luck that you have, and uh, he talks about return on luck, and so that that's what inspired me to this column. And uh, I think it's it's really about you know what do you do with the opportunities that are in front of you. And uh, I'm just I'm a person who you know likes to likes to be keep my mind open to the opportunities that are there and and jump on the ones that come my way that I think fit with where my preferred destiny is. And uh, and then make the most out of them, and these are these are some of the tools that I use. Well, you know, it's interesting. You number two is prepare in advance, and I, I have to say, from personal experience, the people that I've had the opportunity to work with and observe their uh, their success is that preparation and planning are seriously underrated. I mean, people, you know, it's just not sexy, Kevin. I mean, you know, it's not like some of the other <laughs> stuff. There's a whole movement, Kelly. I don't know if you've seen it, but but I've been hearing this movement of people who are you know talking about how worthless business plans are, and I think that the problem is is that people don't understand that um, the idea of a plan isn't to have something that works exactly the way that you think it's going to work and, and follow it. The idea of a plan is one to actually think through the process of what's going to happen so that you've actually put some focus and some energy towards it before it happens, and then. The second one, a good friend, uh, Jake Jacobs, wrote a book called You Don't Have to Do It Alone, and he taught me a line that I just keep bringing up over and over again, which is structure is something to be deviated from. And the idea of having a plan just at least gives you a reference point that you can say, hey, am I on the right path? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm willing to change the plan. Maybe that's not what I originally had in mind, but this is such a good opportunity that it's worthy of changing that plan. And it puts a little bit of a brakes on to just say, hey, before I just start heading left, let me at least give myself some justification as to why I was going to go right to begin with. And then I still may go left, but that's okay as long as I've given it the thought and the consideration. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely in agreement with you. It, it's funny to me how the reasoning goes. I created a plan and things changed, and my plan didn't apply anymore. So clearly, plans don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. that's a very interesting take on on that. I actually uh, one of the keynote presentations I do is entitled "Why Why Your Business Plan Is Doomed to Fail." And it's not because uh, of the business plan. For for many people, it's because you don't have a plan at all to begin with. Right. Uh, but most people create those plans, Kevin and they really don't even serve as a basis for decision-making, and, and then they lament the fact that their plan's not working very well. That, that's correct. And, and I, you, know, you see it happen a lot in, in the tech world, especially in the venture world, because they don't create the business plans for the models that they're trying to actually build. They create the plans to get funding. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 how, you know, and what, the, what the funders want to see and what it will actually work are, are you know, often you know, disparate. You know, they're, they're often far apart. So Absolutely right. Well, then one of the other things you, you write in Five Things Super Lucky People Do is to connect with as many people as possible. And I think clearly in this social media era, that's becoming more and more evident to, to more people. But yet, 
it's not just the connection via internet. It, it's it's a personal connection. It's it's the ability to have people to call upon when you're in need or when you want to exploit an opportunity. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, um, you know, a couple of things about that. I, I people ask me what's the number one thing that you could possibly do, you know, when you're young, and I I'm in, I've tried to instill this on my on my son who's a, who's 23 and. And uh, I have uh, several sisters-in-law who, who are starting their pathways. And, you know, what I say to them is, look, the number one thing that you can do is collect people. And, uh, and you collect them by, by giving them value along the way, um, by being genuinely interested in, in what they're about. Now, look, not you shouldn't collect everybody. You know, you need to collect the people who celebrate you and are going to celebrate you, and that will come in and out of your life. But, um, you know, in 2008, my business blew up from the financial crisis and I had to rebuild. And every good thing in my life that has come since that time and even before has all come out of the relationships that I've built, most of them uh, through an organization called EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, I, can, I can track every positive aspect of my life back to somebody who I've made a relationship and kept along the way, and I'm, I've been very blessed with, with many rich friends and, and supporters that have helped me get, get the good things in life that I have. Folks, we're talking with Kevin Dom, who is, is quite a success story. You can find him on Twitter, at Awesome Roar. Also, his uh, website, RoaringVideo.com, which is based on his book, Video Marketing for Dummies. You, you also have some involvement uh, as an executive producer, which I guess plays out some of your creative and theatrical side. Tell us a little bit about that show. Yeah, I produce a show uh, with uh, an amazing entrepreneur named Amelia Antonetti. Amelia built Soapworks. Uh, she's uh, someone I've known for uh, 15 years from, from the EO Network. And uh, we have a show on 77 WABC uh, here in New York uh, every Saturday, two hours of live radio. So you have an appreciation for how, <laughs> how difficult and challenging that is. Absolutely. The only difference between between you know the challenge of your show and the challenge of my show is that uh, Amelia is severely dyslexic. So I have a radio host who actually uh, can't read very well, which makes for uh, a very interesting show. Um, but we do, we do great content. You can see it at Amelia.com, A-M-I-L-Y-A. You can check out podcasts. It's, it's a lot of fun. We got into it this year. She, you know, she said, hey, I want to do this, and I, I think you can help me, and, and it, it fit with my plan, and off we went. It's a blast. Yeah, she, she's a very successful entrepreneur in her own right, so putting you two guys together looks very much like a marriage made in heaven. We're, we're a little intimidating to some folk, that's for sure. <laughs> I can imagine. Do you, do you interact in the show, or do you just produce it? I do. No, I, I, um, again, because she, she can't read um, a lot of the material I bring to the table, and she and I have a very good chemistry and banter. It's her show, and it's, and it's her direction, um, but I have a very big hand in the creative aspects, and I come on and... Uh, talk about the social media or bring bring material to the table and uh we do a little playground um the way our show is formatted we you know not, not only do we have guests and and do we have call live call in but um we have a section specifically focused on just a, a potpourri where, where it's kind of a little experimental five to seven minutes every hour that we just try stuff try and be fun try and be interesting try and work it out with digital and uh and so you never know what you're going to hear when you when you dial into the show 
Yeah, I, I'm sure it's fantastic, and, and what a great market that you have as well. Hey, we've got just a couple of minutes left before I let, need to let you go, and I know you've got things to do. You're there at Fordham. Uh, oddly enough, pursuing a master's degree as if he didn't have enough things to do uh, in the background, but uh, I don't want to get away from your 2010 book, your last book uh, that was published by John Wiley and Sons, uh, entitled Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle, and you write that as a fable, and uh, you talk about a 3,500-year-old secret. How how did you come up with that idea? Where does that come from? Um, I was uh, I was working on the the shift that had happened in two thousand eight two thousand nine, and uh, trying to find ways to explain to people that you couldn't just talk to any buyer because the market had shifted. You, you couldn't just put put a sign out and all of a sudden have tons of clients. And the concept was you had to understand the different kinds of buyers that are out there and understand how um, how to speak to them. And uh, I, uh, one of my favorite holidays is, uh, being New York, I'm Jewish, uh, so my, one of my favorite holidays is Passover. And there's a passage in the Old Testament that actually talks about how to um, teach the story of Exodus to your children. And uh, it talks about the wise son, the wicked son, the simple son, and the son unable to ask. And I figured out that those are actually the four buyers. And so the book is actually based in Old Testament. And so we made it fun by uh, creating a parable that takes place in kosher restaurants all around New York with the main character being a, a Hasidic Jew, the guy, you know, with the hats and the, and, the, and the curls. I don't know if they have those in Oklahoma. But. No, but yeah, <laughs> we know what you're talking about. Exactly. You know, I, I so, found the book to be fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a, a a good seller and it's been a good tool for my clients. Um, and I think really that the fir- you know the the first two chapters, if they go to kevindom.com, they can actually download for free two chapters of that book that actually talk about a compelling value proposition. And I just did it at Inc. Uh, the Inc. Roco conference. Um, I just did a whole pitch session on teaching how to use that structure of a value proposition to be able to tell people very, very quickly uh, what they do and, and um, use it efficiently by connecting with empathy. It's, you know, empathy is something that, that doesn't get touched upon a whole lot in the business world, in the sales world, and, and ironically, it's probably the most important factor to being successful. So. You know, that, that particular part of the book, the value proposition side, where you talk about the pain and the best solution and why we would make the best choice for that solution, I, to me, was the compelling part of the book. I mean, there's an enormous amount of material beyond that, but uh, so many people are looking for ways to differentiate themselves and, and to find ways to actually connect with buyers. And, and as you mentioned, you're doing that, that's done in an empathetic way that doesn't sound like a, a sales pitch. It sounds like, listen, here's the problem you have. If you were going to solve it, this would be the best way to solve it. Let's talk about why we, we could fill that bill for you. Well, I just I mean, love that. My, my thing has always been, I mean, I've, I've been in sales, you know, a good part of my life. But the truth is, I hate selling. Um, I would much rather attract customers predisposed to buying at a premium price. And I figure if, if I can effectively connect with the pain and, and, and bring them the solution, then I don't have to convince you. You're going to know it and you're going to come to me and you're going to want to pay me lots of money to, to fix it for you. And that's, that's the way I prefer to sell. Absolutely. Hey, great stuff, Kevin. Really appreciate you joining us. Folks, it's Kevin Dom, D-A-U-M. You can find him on his website, kevindom.com. Check him out. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Awesome Roar. And I'm going to highly recommend that you pick up his 2010 book, Roar, Get Heard in the Sales and Marketing Jungle. Lots of good content today, Kevin. Thanks for stopping in. My pleasure, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Come on out to New York. We'll we'll return the favor. 
Oh, that'd be great. Love to do that. Uh, Kevin Dom joining us today. We're going to take a timeout, bottom of the hour. When we come back on the other side, uh, Miles Austin will step into the locker room and we'll talk about a great new online tool. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. This is Kelly Riggs. I'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. in the locker room. Thanks for joining us. The business locker room, the fusion of the collective wisdom and real world business experience. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check us out online. You look at the previews of upcoming shows and read other blog posts at bizlockerroom.com. You can always contact me, Kelly, at bizlockerroom.com. And I want to highly encourage you to follow me on Twitter as well, at Kelly Riggs, retweeting a lot of really powerful content that's out there. I think you're going to find benefit from that, including my, uh, my co-host, Mr. Miles Austin, who steps in for our X's and O's segment, where we talk online tools, tools that will make you more productive. Miles, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Kelly. Thanks. Great uh, great interview with Kevin Dom. He is some kind of guy. You know, I've always found some of the most interesting people that I've come across in my life are those like Kevin that have a very diverse background and, and very different from a lot of my experiences. Yeah, I was I was looking online at the articles that he has written, and I mean, he's just he's just got tons and tons of great articles, almost a primer in business in and of itself. Uh, if you look at some of the things that he's writing, five skills of really amazing leaders, six ways that super smart people succeed. Uh, seven ways to build customer loyalty. He's very good at creating titles like that, but yet there's there's whole, so many of these, and uh, I, I just found him to be fascinating. He's written four books, and uh, he he was telling me in one of the breaks that you know he he basically uh, was a victim of the downturn in 2008 and had to turn it around and start over. And as entrepreneurs often do, Miles, he was able to be very successful in that. Absolutely, and you know I have a lot of respect for him. I, one of the things I've really come to appreciate. Um, as well is when I learn from people that are that have an opinion and are willing to share it. Yes, um, you know, so many times it's this whole politically correct world we live in, 
And it's like, come on, make make a statement, take a position, and then help me, you know, try to sell me on it. Help me understand your point of view. And he does a great job of that. I think his creative background, again, is somewhat unique from the people that I've worked around over the years. And I think it really is, has added to his uh, his his power of of persuasion. Well, clearly, the the content that he drives, uh, he's just a wellspring of content and. Uh, but but it's so good. It doesn't seem to me to be forced or or to just you know, be something that he cranks out for the purposes of cranking it out. Clearly, the guy's got a fertile mind. A lot going on there. Speaking of fertile minds, you're one of those guys, and you've got a uh, you, you've got a great tool for us this week. Uh, we're gonna it, we're gonna talk about Wise Stamp. Uh, and I gotta admit, the first time you you wrote me about it, I had no idea. And uh, the more I look at it, the more it's appealing to me. So tell, give us a little bit of an overview. Sure, Kelly. I think, you know, White Stamp is one of those products. Let me, let me give you a kind of a, of a framework. In my experience, I've been in business for 20 plus years. I am convinced that the most important, most powerful, uh, most rich real estate that anyone in business has, I don't care what your role is, the most important, powerful piece of your real estate is at the end of your email. Hmm. I mean, if you think about that for a little bit, you know, you know, and this is even before the advent of all social media and everything, but the bottom line is that email, if you use it appropriately and, you know, effectively, that email that you send 20 a day, 10 a day, or 200 or 300 a day in some cases is, is a prime piece of real estate to advertise, promote, and share information about you and what you can do to help others without any extra effort on your part. And yet, I don't know about you, but I always challenge my audiences, um, go look at your email signature. How much time did you take creating it, first of all? What does it really say? And are you getting any benefit? Are you adding value and helping those that might really benefit from getting to know more about you and what you offer? Yeah, you make you make a great point. I mean, it's, it's absolutely as guilty as the next guy. The challenge is, is that after you've received a few emails from me, you've seen it, you know what's there. And if, and if I'm not doing something with it, Miles, it's creative. And if I'm not highlighting different things, uh, I'm not getting the benefit. But clearly, I don't have time to do that. You know, you know how it is with yeah. uh, people like you and me and, and business owners and entrepreneurs and salespeople. We don't have time. That's, that's probably one of the appeals of this tool. Absolutely. The key part is, and you hit on it, like as an example, if you and I have a, an email exchange, once maybe I should give you, or twice even, depends on your philosophy, give me a lot of information about you. Make sure I always have your phone number and your email address. Uh, I, mean, I mean, those are the key pieces, but maybe your website address or your Twitter address or whatever it might be. But you're right, after one or two times, or in my case, what I do is I have a different email signature from my first email to someone and a reply signature to that person, and then an ongoing communication. So one of the powerful pieces of Y-Stamp to spend a half an hour or so getting everything set up is having an ability with one of their different plans. They have a free plan and then, as usual, several different steps. But for less than 40 bucks a year, you can create five different email signatures and they can automatically rotate. Uh, so again, you're taking advantage of the 
powerful, valuable real estate and giving something new, different, and attention-grabbing every time someone gets an email from you. Oh, that's a, a significant advantage. And then just have, having the ability to create that and then leave it alone certainly, I think, is appealing. Hey, you're listening to the X's and O's statement in the business locker room. Of course, Miles Austin is always the curator of our content for this particular segment. And it's brought to you, sponsored by 4D Sales. Miles, you and I talked about 4D Sales last week, a, a tool that was conceived back in 2012. Three guys who have spent a lot of time in the sales business developed a tablet-based sales tool that's available for both iPad and Windows 8 devices. And this is a tool that helps salespeople present information that they need in their sales calls in a very interactive and visually appealing way. It's it's really compelling both as a tool and as a presentation uh, tool to augment what people are doing in sales calls. Personally, I have been in the sales business uh, for well over 30 years now. And it's it's one of those easy to use game changer kinds of tools that can amplify and accelerate your team's ability to sell more business while being consistent in those presentations. So imagine this scenario, Miles, we talked about last week, all of your presentation materials in one place, price lists, brochures, PDFs, slide decks, even web pages and videos and things like that, a consistency across the sales platform, all of your representatives, any part of the country that they work in, up-to-date, available, and very easy to show to a client. Really changing the game. I want to encourage you to get out there and look at the 4D Sales Tool. You can find them at 4dsales.com and tell them we sent you here from the business locker room. Just a great partner to have on the show, and they make the X's and O's segment possible with Miles. Miles, jumping back into uh, WiseStamp, it, it, there's there's just an awful lot of latitude in terms of communicating with potential clients through this tool. What are, what are some of the things that you're going to put in that email signature that you, that you see as critical? Well, again, I, I always approach it that the first time you and I connect versus the fifth or the 20th or the 200th time, you'll need different information. The one mistake that I believe most people make, and it doesn't matter whether it's the first or the 200th, is the reality that um, you need to always have a phone number in your, I don't care how many times you've talked, my family members always will still see that phone number. And the reason is because, yes, we probably, if we're doing our job, we have it in our contacts or something. But you know what? Just make it easy for them, right? Make it easy by always having a phone number there and your email address. Um, even though it's up in the header, some people aren't real tech savvy. And it's like, okay, what's his, what's his email address? It's right there. They can cut and paste it and maybe put it into a contact manager or something. Well, most of the time, you know, back in the day when, when email first began to take on a lot of names, and then, and then people began to realize, hey, you know, I, I can tell them I did this or that, or we've got this project going. So it was more of a, a, a cut and paste text kind of thing. And then we saw the advent of some graphics come into the piece. And that, now it's gotten so extraordinarily complex with the social media revolution and all the things that are out there. Graphics have gotten so sophisticated. And, you know, a lot of people, perhaps like myself, look at that and say, I don't have the creative ability to, to put that whole graphic piece together. That's where Y-Stamp really gives you an edge. It does. And I think that is a great example of using the power of this tool. You can literally just fill in the blanks of whichever 
social media platforms either you're active in or you want to emphasize. So maybe, again, in that first email signature that you want to use for an initial contact, you might want to put your Twitter, um, and, and all you do is you put in the, the full address, but what shows up in your signature is just the little icon. So it saves space, it looks nice and tight and professional, and yet people know what they are. So you'll see, as an example, maybe a Twitter address, a LinkedIn address, um, you know, G Plus or what, you know, Facebook, whatever you use in your business. And then what's nice is the ability to take that and maybe in your second or your third in your rotating series, maybe you just have your email address and maybe a, a website or you want to emphasize LinkedIn because LinkedIn is really where you want to spend your time. You can use that and leverage that and always have that LinkedIn address there. I am actually logged on to wisestamp.com, which, is, of course, is where you would find uh, this this tool. And you can get it for free. You know, that's always the best kind of tools, Miles, when we're looking at these. But I'm just, as it scrolls through samples of these, they're, they're really fantastic. You can also integrate your own picture. And it can be the same picture perhaps you're using in LinkedIn or G Plus or something like that. So you can actually create some continuity in terms of branding as well. 100% right. In fact, I'll tell you, there's a brand new feature that has just recently come out for all of the listeners that are really big fans and they have a strong presence in LinkedIn. You now have an ability to, when you create your email signature in Ystamp, that you can have it pull automatically your photo, your picture, if you will, your headshot, your professional headline, and your public profile URL within LinkedIn and bring all that over so it looks exactly the same as it does in your LinkedIn environment. So they're doing more and more of these as we continue to grow. They're they're a great company that's been very responsive, and they keep adding new features as you go along based on customer requests. Let me ask you, Miles, anecdotally, as uh, we've about a minute out from a break, uh, you clearly use these things. These, you, these are tools that you vet, you work with. What kinds of response do you get from people? Do you see a difference when you're using a tool that's a little more visible in the email signature like this? Um, you know, it's not every time, Kelly, but honestly, it does. What I find is in, in business, one of the big objectives I have is to stand out. I don't want to be a me too. Um, it's so easy to kind of disappear into the, the woodwork, if you will. And what I think this does, it signals to the people that I'm communicating with is, I'm thinking about you, you're important, and let me make it easy to interact and learn more about me. And to me, it's just kind of a professional courtesy. And I do have people, I would tell you from time to time, that will either re- respond back to an email or something and say, hey, how can I do what I just saw you do? Because it was a different signature from the first one. How do you do that? So again, in my business, it might be different than others, but it tells me people do notice it. And I think um, in all business, the customer, the prospect, and your your relationships, anything I can do to help them know that I value them and I want to be there to provide helpful information is always going to give me a leg up versus others that might not be taking that time. Yeah, no question. Differentiation becomes a, a critical aspect of anything that we're doing. Uh, there's, It's just so easy to get lost in the noise. Hey, you're listening to the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin, brought to you by 4D Sales. We're going to take our final time out, and I'm going to keep Miles in the house. When we come back on the other side of the business locker room, I want to talk to Miles a little bit about what he does on a daily basis and the kind of work that he does and give you a sense of the guy that uh, is behind the X's and O's segment. Make sure you stay with us. It'll be a great segment on the other side. You're listening to the business locker room. I'm Kelly Riggs. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Great to have you on board. I'm Kelly Riggs, your host. Find me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs, and, of course, our website, bizlockerroom.com. Man, we have got some powerful shows lined up down the road. I am really excited about what the balance of this month looks like. Uh, Next week, you want to make sure you join me. The show's called The Hustler's Playbook. We'll be talking to Anthony Inarino. He actually wrote a blog post called The Hustler's Playbook, and he is absolutely world-class in the sales profession, and you're going to want to make sure that you tune in. Uh, We'll be talking everything sales, sales management, sales process, and it's kind of a uh, focus the last couple of weeks and uh, coming weeks, uh, Miles, where we talk a lot about sales. The week after that, David Newman of Do It Marketing will join us, and I'll be broadcasting from Chicago from the office of Mr. Robert Turson. Robert Turson, Bob, will also be uh, one of our guests as well. Bob is uh, a friend a guy that helped me finish my sales book, and uh, I'm excited to have him on. He is a retired sales guy, a lot of wisdom floating around in that guy's head. We'll talk to him as I'll be broadcasting live from Chicago. And then a couple of weeks after that, Jill Conrath will join us, and we'll discuss her new book, Agile Selling. And uh, it, it is I have really enjoyed that book, and I'm looking forward to talking to her more as well. Miles, you're in the sales business. Many people know you as uh, the web tools guy, but when it's all said and done, those web tools – uh, you you research and you use for a reason because you're out teaching and training and working with uh, clients in, in the world of sales as well. Tell us a little bit about your practice. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity, Kelly. Absolutely. I, I, I kind of approach my, my business, if you will, in two segments. I, I found um, always focused on sales or marketing in one of those two, and they're becoming more and more connected. But 
Um, that just because that's where I've come from. I've spent you know my entire career in sales or sales leadership, and from the biggest companies in the world like Dell and Ninex all the way down to three of my own companies from a startup position and everywhere in between. So. What I've learned, though, is that there's really two kinds of people, whether it's a business owner or it's an individual salesperson or uh, someone in marketing. There's two personalities. One of them is kind of teach me, show me, or point me in the direction. I'll learn it and do it myself, right? And, and I think um, there's a lot of people like that. I'm kind of that way. And then there's others that maybe have even tried that approach and finally say, you know what? You said it actually twice on the show today, Kelly. I just am too busy. I don't have time. And so the other portion, the other half roughly of my practice is kind of behind the scenes coaching and helping, and in some cases, building and integrating these tools that I talk about and write about all the time for other people, many of which that you know and, and you know, well-known authors and speakers and trainers and public figures because they just, they really want to go learn it and use it. They just don't have the time. And so... I started over the two, probably three or four years ago now. I'd get a call from someone and said, Miles, I was really intrigued by, I don't just use today's so wise stamp, but you know what? I just don't have the time or the patience. Can you just go in, create them for me based on what you know are best practices, and send me a bill? So I do both, right? I think, you know, what I use my blog for and fill the funnel, I write about just to introduce and kind of um, make aware, especially new tools. Uh, as they come out and tools like, you know, we talked about last week with 40 sales, people have never heard me talk about that before. And so I try to introduce them to new ones. And I get a lot of that from people in the venture um, capital community that will call and say, Miles, look, I've got a product that I've just learned about. I'm thinking about investing in. Would you be willing to take a look, put it through its paces, and then tell me if you think this makes sense, who the competition is, strengths, weaknesses, and do you think it's viable? Well, it's interesting what you do. I mean, clearly, there's no shortage of, of those kinds of tools out there. But your, your, your practice really breaks down in a couple of ways. A lot of it's marketing and lead generation oriented in terms of social media and other, other marketing pieces. And then you've got the productivity tools, the efficiency tools. And, and sometimes, uh, frankly, they're one and the same thing. I mean, certainly they have aspects of both. So clear, you, you, have, you have a lot of uh, horizon out there to work with. Well, I think so. I, you know, I, that's my gut, Kelly. I, I tell you, I, I look every morning, I start my day, I look in what I call my queue. And my queue is simply a list, an electronic list, by the way, in Evernote, of tool names and URLs that I have added. And it's basically a bucket, if you will, of things I need to get to. And I, when I started my week this week, um, I have over 200 tools that have never seen the light of day and I've got over 300 tools that I've written about, I speak about, I do, you know, when I'm speaking at conventions or at private trainings for sales conferences and things. So, I mean, it's just, it's never ending. In fact, very frankly, um, the pace is continuing to grow. And then over a couple of years ago, I had a whole new category of what we call apps, like 40 sales, right, right. for the iPad. Right. And that's, sometimes they are all the same, but a lot of times there's some unique differences and so I had a whole new bucket and a whole new category. So uh, I can tell you if I take no new product in, I've got a year to year and a half worth of research, writing, using, teaching, training, and speaking about just the tools in the queue. Well, folks, I realize in my work in dealing with Miles 
how much benefit I had gotten out of it just simply by doing this show and, and listening to the things that he does on these tools. And I, and I know you get the same, but uh, you, you need to know the kind of work he does because he's not just a tool guy. This is a guy that's been successful in the business world and knows how these things connect to business. You want to make sure you follow him at Miles Austin on Twitter and check out his blog. Just fantastic. Fill the funnel. Dot com and that ought to give you a, a sense, uh, Miles, of your your whole uh, ob- objective behind this is there's a sales funnel that's got to be full of opportunities and tools are just something that you use it, to do that. Absolutely, to to not only get more but to make it easy. I'm a huge fan of automation, and and I guess maybe from a human nature standpoint, right? If I can set up a process once, like Ystamp, right? If I can set it up once. And now it's doing magical things. It's rotating those things. It's giving good value. It's the same thing in everything I write about. If it's something that can make my life easier and more productive, specifically in a business arena, I'm all over it. Because there are tools, very frankly, and those are the ones I just don't write about. And I don't write about every tool, and I, I don't write bad reviews, if you will. If it doesn't pass my, my smell test, if you will, I just don't bother. It's not worth the reader's time to read about a bad or an unproductive app out there. Just a couple of minutes before we call it a show, Miles, I did want to ask you a quick question. If you were starting with a brand new sales representative, what, what, are, the, what are the handful of extremely non-negotia- non-negotiable mission critical tools uh, that you would be putting in the hands of a brand new salesperson? Well, I think I would always start um, if it's an individual salesperson. Yes. Um, if I, if it, let's put it this way. If it was my son or daughter, how's that? Okay. Or the reason me. I say that is because... If that was my son or daughter, I would demand of them. I just really strongly encourage them to have a blog, have a WordPress blog. I know not everyone's going to do that. But if that's not the case, definitely spend number one amount of time on a LinkedIn profile. Develop out your um, communications profile. So whether it's, you know, you use Outlook or Mac Mail or whatever it is, make sure Gmail, whatever your company or your organization supports, Make sure you develop a good presence there. And then I would probably go next into some type of a contact management or a collection capability. I, I hate to use CMS and all those kind of things, but the reality is CRM tools, there's some great ones out there. Um, Nimble is one that gets a lot of attention. Uh, base.com, getbase.com is a great one. Again, depending upon are you tablet-based, are you PC-based, are you back-based, etc., but I think from a day-to-day standpoint, and I get this question actually quite a bit, um, uh, as an example, I had it just on Friday from an executive, a well-known executive who has a son that graduated, spent a year in the, vent- in the um, uh, Wall Street world, and is now going out to join a startup company as a sales and marketing VP. And the question was, Miles, can you help my son? What do we need to do? And my very first strongest direct input Go get LinkedIn and build the heck out of that network as fast as you possibly can. Wow, that's that's good advice. Great stuff. Well, that is going to do it for our show. Miles, I really appreciate you filling in the blanks. It gives us a sense of who is behind all of those tools that come into the X's and O's segment. A great show today. Many thanks to Kevin Dom. And you want to find Kevin Dom, go online, kevindom, D-A-U-M.com. Make sure you look at his stuff. Find his writing in ink. Uh, just a, a whole variety of great articles available there that you want to be a part of. And uh, you can follow him at Awesome Roar. And check us out, bizlockerroom.com. We'll have our next show uh, preview up shortly. Looking forward to, to that. Many thanks to uh, both 
Kevin Dom and Miles Austin next week. We'll be talking with Anthony Inarino. We'll talk about the Hustlers Playbook. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kelly Riggs, your host. We'll see you next week on the Business Locker Room. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.